Welcome to the Key of Life podcast, a show where we explore the limitless creative potential that exists within our human life, from birth to death, ancestry and everything in between. Every human holds a key that opens a door of possibility to create, sustain, and transform within ourselves and with others. When we share our keys, we create deeper access to the keys within ourselves and open the doors of remembrance within others. I'm your gatekeeper and guide, Manadwa L. Hogg. Let's open the door together. Hello, welcome, Emily, to the Key of Life podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, How how's everything and what's popping? So great. I'm so excited that we get to talk live and we mostly talk through voice messages back and forth so it's exciting to have a conversation right yeah so before I hit record and I realized yeah I should be recording this (laughs) Emily asked me like what was the inspiration behind because originally we were going to talk about mama baby astrology which I still want to get into like possibly Mm -hmm. later on on another episode or something like that but she asked me the inspiration behind why I wanted to like change the topic and whatever and mostly because people knew me previously as a doula before I started doing RBK work. So I'm like not really a part of the community, but like I am still in groups and stuff for doulas. So people, I think, think that I'm still a doula. So like they'll like at me and things for like black doulas in, in Toronto and yada, yada, yada. And then people are like DMing me like, oh, yeah, like I'm looking for a doula. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) So I just wanted to make an episode to like clarify for everyone what the difference between an RBK or in Canada, we call it like like a traditional birth attendant, like Mm -hmm. TBA, or, or even like a traditional birth keeper. So like a TBK. So what's the difference between a doula? A radical and a radical birth keeper or a radical woman birth witness is mm-hmm. what we're going to be covering today. And I thought Emily would be the perfect person to talk about this with because she also is an RBK and is like super knowledgeable and experience based with like preconception, postpartum stuff, working with women, both out of the system. And she worked previously with women in the system. While she mm-hmm. was, um, I forget the name of the organization that you were working for. Um, it's called Maggie's Place. Yeah. So she was working at Maggie's Place and she was having some in the system experiences with that. And I kind of heard her story, uh, both like on your page on Instagram and like on the FES podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, like this is the woman that I need to be talking with about this topic. <laughs> yeah it's so important especially uh, yeah I didn't know that you were still like kind of people still knew you as a doula so this is a good like coming out episode for you I mean like I feel like revealing yourself (laughs) coming out of the RBK closet I feel like I already came out of the RBK closet like yeah since since I did it like last it was the last year that I did it like two years ago I can't even remember it feels like so long ago were you in so I was in the very first round you might have been in the next one I think I was maybe in the 
not the next one but the one after that in spring okay so like a year after me yeah okay yeah so that was the round that I was in and I was like I already like came out and was like hey yeah like I'm not doing doodle work whatever I posted on my page but I, I guess I wasn't clear on every other space that I was in mind you I don't really go on Facebook so yeah <laughs> they yeah. wouldn't have known <laughs> unless right and like to. not everyone knows like maybe some people assume that you would still be doing the same work you just got a different type of training or you mm-hmm. have new interests but yeah the clarification is important exactly the clarification is very important so let's like hop into it and get juicy okay <laughs> so yeah tell me about your experience at Maggie's place briefly and in your perception and experience what the difference is for you okay between a doula and a radical birth keeper and birth attendant yes so okay so it was like right after college I knew that I wanted to work with moms in some capacity. I was studying elementary education, so I was working with a lot of children and families, and a lot of the children I was working with um, came from very, like, disordered attachment-style family systems. So a lot of the, uh, a lot of them came from, like, both parents were working or like single parent households and you know they would like go to a before school program and then come to school all day and go to an after school program and I could just see that they weren't getting like a lot of time with their parents and it really affected them especially you know Mondays were always the day that you could tell you know coming back from like a weekend at home they were super dysregulated coming back to the to school, whether that was because school was dysregulating for them or home, whatever, you could just see there was something going on. And so I was always really interested in trying to like have parent involvement in the classroom. I would always love writing notes back and forth with parents and having like parent teacher nights and stuff, but it's hard. You know, I wasn't like a community figure or anything like that. I was just like a student teacher, basically. My, My mentor teachers were like, all right, you need to calm down. Um, <laughs> no, go but, hard. <laughs> yeah, but they like said to me, I had two mentor teachers for a year and both of them were like, it's really unique that you're interested in like the parent family side of it. Like that should be something that you look into. They were kind of thinking like maybe the social work route. But for me, I was just really interested in this like mother child attachment. Mm-hmm. And I had been a nanny previously like babysitting my whole life and stuff so that was already present for me and so I kind of put it out to my like different professors and admin at my college that I was at being like I want to do something before I get into teaching like I want to do a gap year maybe like a volunteer year where I work with families Um, And someone told me about this program called Maggie's Place, which is a year-long volunteer program. And, um, well, the the organization itself is like homeless shelters for pregnant women. Mm -hmm. And so in many states, if not all states, I'm not sure, but in the U.S., pregnant women are not allowed 
to go to homeless shelters for like liability purposes. So if you're, I don't know if they make you take a pregnancy test, just like upon admission, or if you're like showing or whatever, you are not allowed in. Yeah. Because they don't want like a birth to happen in the the homeless shelter. shelter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it creates this problem where like homeless pregnant women are just like, you know, the most vulnerable women and they're like they have to be on the streets. And wow. so Maggie's Place kind of filled that gap they created for um, like family style homes and they're run by year long volunteers, which a couple years out, I'm like, ooh, what the hell is going on here? Because <laughs> I was like not equipped. Yeah. None of us were. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that I did really well was I was just so driven by relationship building and community mm-hmm. organization I was not coming at it from a place of like I need to manage this house and like manage the chaos I was just like I this is an incredible experience for me to get to live with all these women and I just came into it really wanting to like build relationships so um we lived with uh, I lived with seven pregnant women at a time so they could stay there from the time they were pregnant or found out they were pregnant until their baby was a year old. So some women did stay like over a year, like 18 months or whatever, um, or longer. And my house that year actually had like the most stable rate, like women would come and stay rather than other houses, like women would cycle through because they would just get another opportunity or go back on the street or go back with their baby dad or whatever. But for whatever reason, my household was very stable. So I had an opportunity to really build these deep relationships with Mm -hmm. these seven women and eventually their seven babies, which is like my dream. Like it was so fun. It was so amazing. And we would have just like community dinner every week. And I know you and I have talked about like community before. And I feel like I got, you know, that deep dive into like what is actual intentional living in community um because it took a lot of intention a lot of just for a whole year my life was just like building relationships and checking in with women and another part of it was um you know this walking with them through their pregnancy attending births all the births were in the hospital which is another you know it happened at the time that it did in my life for a reason but I would never really be drawn to that anymore just because of what I learned about birth from that year but you know attending births with them in the hospital and then coming back and potentially being with them for like a year of their postpartum seeing their babies through every milestone like that postpartum time in community was Mm -hmm. so special I can't imagine doing it differently now and I I'll get into that a little bit more because I went on to become a doula and then like witnessed the lack of that community and the lack of that relationship building and all of a sudden I was in trainings being told like only do three prenatals and like keep it very professional and then show up you know six times max postpartum and I'm like I want to freaking move in with these women like I want to like have them together you know and I'm doing all this community building and in the pre um like the prenatal sessions and yeah I just I knew I'll give like the spark notes and we can go back and discuss (laughs) in depth but I knew that I wanted to do it differently and from 
the births that I did witness when I was at Maggie's place, Mm -hmm. I think because I was already so bonded to those women, there was no like, there was no veil for me in terms of like hospital abuse and hospital violence. I just saw these women that I was so excited for to give birth. You know, I had already had it in my mind and my heart like that birth was going to be this culmination of this spiritual emotional healing that they've Mm -hmm. done and I saw completely the opposite and I was just like what the hell is going on and so my intention for becoming a doula after that was to like save women yeah somehow and very quickly I think I just did one I attended one woman in the hospital as a doula post Maggie's place And I was like, oh, God, this is not going to work. It was a horrible – I had, like, three horribly violent, abusive birth situations Mm -hmm. in a row as a doula. And that was, like, all it took for me. And very, like, synchronistically at that time was, you know, on Instagram, following all these doula accounts, found Free Birth Society, Mm -hmm. and then they announced their first round of the Radical Birth Keeper School. And I was just like – 100% this is what I'm looking for I knew that there was another way I just didn't know how to get there yeah and we'll probably get into yeah what like drew us and the differences but essentially it was like and the only catchphrase I really needed to know was like outside of the medical system and I was like yes this is exactly what I want and like I want this holistic woman-centered relational approach because everything just felt so like clean and Mm -hmm. or not even clean it's like sterile and professional and not warm you know whereas before I literally would like stay up all night with these women wake up in the morning cook breakfast with them like at Maggie's place just like be with their babies all day have family dinner together and that was just the natural like of course I'm gonna be at your birth and like of course I'm gonna help you postpartum because we're like family and we live together And to go from that to, like, all of these doula rules and regulations, it was crazy. So, yeah, becoming a radical birth keeper, and I mentioned this to you before we started, like, I haven't attended any births Mm -hmm. post the radical birth keeper school. Um, You know, one birth, it was kind of like I came, like, 20 minutes after, and but that was, like, perfect, and everything else I've just done postpartum work or like prenatal work with women. I haven't attended births and that's been kind of intentional because the more I learn about birth, the more I'm like, I really want to work with women that like want to free birth and like don't even want me there because I just find it so sacred. But of course that postpartum and that prenatal time, um, I, I love like supporting during that time as well. So yeah, that's the spark notes, but um, yeah, and I I feel like it the Radical Birth Keepers School obviously taught me a lot about birth and the way that you can show up for women and the mm-hmm. way that you can show up in birth, just giving us you know another pathway, and it also allowed me to do that beyond just birth work too. So I feel like I funneled that into women's circles that I was hosting at the time and sort of like this education for women 
my age that aren't having babies yet or, you know, younger, older Mm -hmm. than me that are having babies yet and just kind of like spreading this way of living and birthing that is completely new to a lot of women. And that's been really impactful too, to just gather and have women that I know who free birth share their stories and have five other women show up that had no idea that women could just birth at home. And that to me is like, Ooh, that radical birth keeper school, like investment pays off because of just that, that I have the confidence to like have that in my home and have that be able to like proliferate and spread. Yeah. 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 So what about you? Yeah. I'm like listening to your story and I'm like, holy shit. Like there's so many similarities between like your story and mine. I'll like, I'll just like go into my story. So I've always wanted to be like, oh my God, what did my voice do? Anyway, I've always wanted, (laughs) I've always wanted to work with like pregnant mothers and families when, when they're giving birth. Like I remember viscerally, I like hated my fourth grade teacher. So I would always skip school (laughs) because my my mom, yeah, literally my mom worked two jobs. So she was like not home during school hours and I would take myself to the bus stop. Right. So I just quote unquote, miss the bus and just stay home. Queen, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) But like while I was staying home, I was watching all these like preparing for birth shows and like woman giving birth shows and like bring baby home shows and stuff like that. And I just remember like fourth grade dinner, just like watching this. And there was a moment where I was like, this is what I came here to do. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) The real education. You're like sitting home giving yourself actual schooling. (laughs) Right? Unschooling. Unschooling queen. (laughs) A baby story? Did you watch a baby story yeah, on TLC? Yeah, I totally did. I totally did. And um, from there, I was just like gung ho. Like, I'm the type of person. Like, once I have an idea of what I want to create in the world as like a mission, that's like what I'm doing. So <laughs> from there, I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. So went to high school. Was like super into the sciences. Went to university for biology in Windsor which is like here in Canada and did that for a while and then thought I wanted to be an OB but like because of my own like ancestral stuff with herbalism it was just like not adding up Mm. like the medical system was just not adding up for me I was like this is not what I've been taught this is not like what I feel I want to be doing or like how I want to be interacting with women who are pregnant and giving birth and postpartum and all of that like it seems like very cold and disconnected and like there's no room for creating anything new here like Mm. is what I really like got clear to when I went to university and then my sister was like oh you should look into being a doula and I was like I don't know what that is blah 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 I'm not gonna search it and then like I actually searched I was like okay this is what I want to (laughs) do right and then and I, and I love my sister for suggesting because like you know this is what brought me into like RBK and all of that right so I looked into that I was like okay sign like dropping out of university doing a doula training wow. I'm gonna be a doula boom so that's what I did and my initiation into the birth space was it was like this immersive doula training um like immersive doula training I guess I don't even think it's a doula training let me say like immersive doula experience called booms of the okay. world where um 
they take a bunch of doulas and they take them to like different countries to like help with births and and like see postpartum and prenatal what what these people Mm -hmm. do in these different cultures and blah 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 blah. so the one that I did was the one in Ecuador and I remember reading the landing page for it and being like and like literally crying because that is like how I wanted to be trained in like the birth space so what it included was like shadowing the indigenous pateras in Ecuador and like sidebar side note like I have a little bit of that Mayan ancestry from my great-grandfather um who's like from Belize so I was like okay this is like connected to my ancestors I'm gonna be learning pretty much directly from like people who are connected to my ancestry so I was like yes Uh, I'm gonna be learning about herbalism I'm gonna be in like in the homes in in the clinic because the way it works down there is they have like traditional birth spaces in the hospital which now with my new brain (laughs) brain and thought and perspective the layers yeah they're getting unlayered now with my new perspective I I definitely think differently about them having that in that space like I understand why they do it but I I believe it's like this bringing indigenous communities into the medical system to like the way I see it is like big brotherizing (laughs) these communities under the guise of safety and protection and blah 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 but I see I see the the validity in what they're doing and that's what they're doing anyway so it included that and when I went I was like blown away I was like I was learning about herbs I was in homes they do like um their indigenous practices like manually um moving breech babies like with their hands and stuff like that Mm -hmm. which is really interesting um that's just like a part of their culture what they do so like I saw a lot of that and saw a lot of their like community practices with prenatal like these women are literally just you know walking up the mountain to like their their neighbor's house like these are community midwives literally (laughs) like walking to their neighbor's house like my neighbor's pregnant okay checking in on her um talking to her about what's Mm -hmm. going on like seeing about her belly for babies like quote like head down or whatever the heck like you know just like (laughs) I know like (laughs) you're like (laughs) but like um that's like I don't know if that's like a hospital whatever intervene practice that they do but what it was shown to me as is like that's literally just part of their culture like what they learned was like you know shifting the baby to be head down that's what they do anyway so yeah I was like in these women's homes witnessing all of that witnessing women's babies being birthed um, in this like traditional birthing space room, like seeing a baby be born on my literal birthday, which was like wow. insane to me. And wow. then, so, and then like the culture as well in these hospitals is totally different. Like the OBs literally just step in when the baby is like, like basically to catch the baby. And then the traditional midwives are there with them in the hospital, um, like too, like doing their like traditional, like rebozo and all of that type stuff in there too and there I just noticed how hands off like these medical practitioners were and like even there was a case where this woman had merconium coming out like while she was in labor and they were just like yeah okay cool like you're like your baby's gonna come out like we'll be back (laughs) we'll be back Mm -hmm. for you so I was like okay yeah like this is this is what happens you know like that was my brain that was like this is what happens like we just leave women alone and blah 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 blah. so fast forward to finishing that experience coming back home 
um to like okay like now being a doula in canada like in the quote-unquote western world or whatever. right <laughs> you know um yeah and my cousin had invited me to her birth and yeah so my first birth that i attended in the system was my cousin's birth and that was absolutely traumatic for me to witness and firstly i didn't even mm-hmm. witness her giving birth because she was having a bunch of stuff in her pregnancy prenatally like quote-unquote pertaining to baby blah 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 blah. and um they like basically told her that she would be able to birth her baby naturally you know like in the room she was in and then pretty much last minute we're like no actually you have to be in an operating room when you do this because your baby has xyz stuff that we were seeing in an x-ray and ultrasound prenatally blah 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 blah. so like sudden shift in like what she want like what she wanted for her birth Uh, she's now giving birth in operating room I'm like waiting up with like my family for her to be Mm. done giving birth come back to like the post not post-op but you know like the the postpartum baby area curtain area Mm -hmm. that they do Um, that's like completely lack of privacy and just like insane that they even do that but you know (laughs) medical system Mm -hmm. so and through me being her like witnessing her there I witnessed like no 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 fast forward to like me checking in with her there and then she goes back to like a more private room and then her OB comes back in and she's literally shoving her hand like without like a longer glove you know all of the like she just came out from not even washing her hands like coming out from the outside whatever like with a short glove shoving her hand in my family member's vagina mm-hmm. <laughs> and like pulling out quote-unquote placenta bits that were still quote-unquote stuck in her uterus and Mm -hmm. and just like the trauma of witnessing that and witnessing her my cousin saying oh my gosh like like the like oh like she was in pain she was like that Mm -hmm. that hurts and she's like haha well that's the name of the game of birth and I was floored, Emily. Mm-hmm. Like, I was fucking floored. <laughs> and, like, from from that moment on, I was like, okay, whatever is happening here is fucked and not at all what, what, I, what I know birth to be, uh-huh. which is what you stated before, like, the spiritual, like, natural, like, connected experience where you're you're having like a spiritual physical and emotional transformation into the next phase of womanhood basically right you know and then from there I was like wow I'm never in my life attending a hospital birth ever again and then I signed up to to work for this doula nonprofit doula organization in Toronto and like I appreciate what they do conceptually because they provide you know free support for low-income families but my experience there was like the constricting you know liability you cannot do this you cannot do that robotic like stringent doula scope of practice and because I was working under an organization it was like no like I have to adhere Mm -hmm. to these um scope of practices 
because it will be then liable for that organization who will then come for me if anything right. happens, you know? So yeah. I was feeling so freaking constricted in what I could even do postpartum. Like they were saying, like, you can't cook for these women. You can pretty much just show up at their house. If they already have groceries, um, you can like pack, you can pack the groceries away or you can like help them cook while they're there with you. Like not even doing it for them, not even letting them be rested in their postpartum. Or wow. you can be basically like a pseudo nanny for their baby and sit in their house with their baby while they take a nap. Um, take a shower or even leave the house (laughs) to go do something and come back you know Mm -hmm. which is what I experienced Um, and I want to like sidebar by say saying it wasn't in their scope that like they should they should be leaving or whatever and leaving you with the baby but that is what often happened with me (laughs) that I experienced so just witnessing that postpartum and um, I was only attending like pretty much birth center births which I was like okay this is like slightly better but ultimately still seeing these midwives basically like coerce these women into breaking their waters telling them that oh you need to deliver the baby right now or we have to call EMS um EMS right now and I remember having this experience with this mom and basically sitting like sitting in front of her being like listen like, you want your baby to be born here? Like, you need to push right now here. And, like, reflecting back to right now, I'm like, holy fuck. The, the, the severance of integrity that occurred while mm. I was a doula was, like, blasphemous. Mm. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah. from there, I was, like, I was also in connection with other women who were working under the same organization. And this woman, Adele who I also want to have a podcast episode about um, like her experience too. And she has a, a, a completely different lens and stuff being Somali and all of that too. But she was the one who introduced me to like free birth society and the RBK school. She was, I was like telling her like, yeah, like I really want to like make the switch to traditional midwifery, but like I've been searching ever since I started being a doula and I can't really find anything. And she was like, right. um, yeah, I'm doing this thing called RBK. And like, it's basically that. You should totally. And she was in my round. Yeah, you're with Adele. Pretty sure. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Ah, I'm so happy <laughs> that that, mm-hmm. that connection is there. Yeah. So, she was the one that inspired me to like sign up for that. And she was like, "Oh my god, the money! Like, I'm not doing that right now. Like, I, I literally can't." But I was also working living, and then like living nannying at the time as well. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'd saved up this chunk of money, and now I was, like, fast forward after my live-in nanny job, like, I'd saved up this chunk of money, basically, and was, like, in my own space. Not really in my own space. I was living with roommates. But I was, like, okay, like, this is the time, like, COVID-ish, Movidish <laughs> is happening. Like, I have – I'm not working. I have this huge chunk of money. I'm just going to invest this in myself and see what happens. So that's what I did, and that, like, completely transformed my life, and the way I even – look at birth like I already came into it like being like okay yeah this is like birth isn't a medical event Mm -hmm. but it really opened my eyes to like how much of the medical system was like in the back of my subconscious creating fears about birth yeah for me and like x that out (laughs) so and that progressed me to where I am right now which is attending 
births outside of the system, like being with women prenatally, being with women postpartum, and now doing womb work with with maidens and doing like womb massage and yoni steaming and all that stuff too. So that's like my experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I will oh, could like you're about to say something, but I don't want to cut you off. No, yeah, like th- we we have so many common threads and. One thing I was just going to reflect on with your story is like, it seems like so much of this work is dispelling fear. Mm -hmm. Like what I was hearing you say about liability, not only with the hospital, which obviously we all are familiar with, but also with this doula organization, it was the same thing with like the organization I worked for and it's all run by fear Yep. and, you know, fear of being sued, if not fear yeah, it's really just fear of being sued. And, um, you know, all the work that you're doing with maidens and what I mentioned with like the women's circles and similar work that I do is like just taking these fears that have like no basis in reality, but have somehow taken over like our entire culture yep. and just like chipping away at them. Mm-hmm. And I know you have sisters and I have sisters and I'm always just like, what has shifted everything for me is just hearing like so many women's stories and experiences and building relationships with women. And I just want to be that one voice and that like person for my sisters so that when they have babies, they know that there's like another way to do it so they can listen and discern their own fear, but know that there's like a different path because that's been part of our stories too is like, continually being like wait is there another way to do this Mm -hmm. like okay doula nonprofit, but like oh wow can I go even deeper Mm -hmm. and something that you said at the beginning with like how the doula organization like didn't allow for anything new to come up I think that's such a huge part of it too because it like allows for so much freedom in your life where I can where we can both just continually like birth new create create new things into creation and be like oh wow like I want to teach this aspect or like you don't have to be bound by any entity yeah you can literally just have it come from you and Mm -hmm. your experiences and your peace and your lack of fear and there's no room for that in like mainstream doula organizations which is so I just remember feeling so robotic yeah like I couldn't say certain things I couldn't like be myself at all and I'm like why would I why would I hire me yeah like if I was like being a fraud literally yeah right (laughs) Uh, yeah 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 like being the fraud version of yourself I should say and that I have the exact same experience like I literally felt like I was being a fake bitch to these women. And now, like having the freedom that I have as an RBK with these women, it's it's like I'm actually building connections and community with this woman. Like I'm actually building relationship with these women and becoming like sisters with them and like hearing about their stories, giving my real, my real 100% like authentic opinion and like advice if they're asking for advice and stories from like my own experience 
to reflect back to them. There's no hiding behind like, oh, if I'm like, what if I say this? This isn't this isn't part of the medical, mm-hmm. biological, scientific, communicatively um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, articles. Like I can't say it. And uh, like that's right. how I felt as a doula. Like I felt like I couldn't be myself. I couldn't be like flat with people and real with people even about my own ancestral practices with herbs and with like spirituality and like candle making like I do like prenatal like candle dressing sessions with women for like their birth Mm. candle like I felt like I couldn't do any of that (laughs) because of the liability and all of that crap which I'm sure there's still doulas that do all that stuff regardless But when you put yourself in these medicalized environments, you're then being bound and restricted by a governmental body rather than the woman who's actually having the fucking baby. Right. (laughs) Which is absurd to me. (laughs) Absurd to me. (laughs) Yeah. And the experience you shared with your cousin like that same exact scenario was the last hospital birth I attended with like postpartum hemorrhage placenta won't come out let me literally stick my entire arm up you and like I will never forget and the experience piece and the story piece is so important because I'm not just reading about that potential situation that could happen and telling women like oh this could happen to you I'm like no, I fucking saw this and I will never be able to unsee it. Literally. And this is what like stopped everything for me. So that's just where I'm coming from. And that like resonates with women more than, you know, read this book or this article Mm -hmm. or statistics or, you know, in the doula trainings, it was always like share these handouts about like the epidural and whatever. And (laughs) to just be able to go from, lived experience of like no this happened to my friend or this happened to my cousin and I was there um that you know really personalizes it and I think is a big part of why I love like the women's circles and just sharing Mm -hmm. these conversations because for so long like you know asking um you know my mom's generation like did you all talk about your births with each other with each other literally no like that was not a thing and so even bringing just that back of like sharing our experiences that's why the free birth society podcast like took over yep. <laughs> like the international <laughs> point yeah because it's like this is literally the gap that we need that just so many women being like I listen to two podcast episodes and I'm, you know, I feel in my bones that like I can do this too. Yep. So yeah, hundred yeah, interesting that we both had that like mm-hmm. hospital. I mean, that shows just us two talking to each other. Mm-hmm. The fact that we both witnessed that, yeah. that is a common experience. Literally. Apparently. It's a common experience. And the thing is like a lot of women walk into and out of these experiences thinking like, oh, like, it was like just me, you know, it's once in a lifetime. It's like it was a quote, it was an emergency. Not realizing how many of these quote unquote emergencies occur under the guise of your baby's going to die, you're going to die. 
when in fact that is not what is occurring <laughs> and right. so, like fast forward into you know what does occur outside of the system which people like to frame as you know like this is quote-unquote dangerous like how could you literally have like a physiological experience that like all women's well I, w I won't say all women but like women's bodies can <laughs> like experience and like have the tools to experience like same as breathing through your lungs or going to the washroom yeah why would well, <laughs> you know yeah I think it's like so interesting that we both came into this work in the height of COVID mm -hmm. also because it's like when I look back at that period of my life I'm like I was literally like a Jedi ninja that in the face I mean especially in Canada <laughs> you have way worse but like in the face of everyone being like do not like live in fear like do not trust your body like do not yeah like ugh, everyone knows what went on obviously but within <laughs> that we're not only resisting that like with our own choices for our body but also stepping into this work that is so focused on trusting our body and the physiological processes of our body I mean what a time for that to peak yep. like I feel like these are just they're very like telling and I know you you found a lot of your people during that time yeah. as did I um because that's it was happens. obvious to, <laughs> yeah that's what happens but um you know I think that just on a cosmic zoom out level like that was a turning point for everyone yeah. of like are you living in trust or are you living in fear and that goes yeah I guess I thought of it because it's like, yes, it's in birth and it also goes way beyond that. So yeah. you can have experiences that teach you and allow you to trust your body way before you even get pregnant or give birth. And that's what I've been kind of honing in on too, is like, how do we get women, especially like embedded in that culture yes. and just knowing that they don't have to be scared of their own bodies body's processes mm -hmm. and determine whether or not they want to seek medical attention exactly like which is it's not like you can never seek medical attention yeah that's, but it's yeah. just determining whether or not you need to or want to exactly oh my gosh I know I like watch this because I do this to torture myself I just like <laughs> watch sorry. influencers like birth story experiences so I watched like this woman vlogging her birth story experience and she like her water break her water broke and she was just like oh my gosh like I need to be at the hospital right now like running like literally filming herself like running around packing the bags and I was like this is literal insanity like yep. nothing is wrong with you literally but we have it so programmed that like water breaks medical emergency rush me to the hospital immediately and I'm like <laughs> this is not okay like yeah water breaking not a medical emergency like you just freaking said and this is really like highlighting for me and like presencing for me like and you mentioned it before medical autonomy versus and like bodily autonomy and like how the two are present in the birth system like bodily autonomy you know like and I feel like that is like the pillar for me for RBK 
and for births outside the system is true bodily autonomy and true even medical autonomy in seeking out medical attention if you genuinely like want that for yourself yeah or like want like like want that for yourself literally (laughs) right yeah and you said like you mentioned you work with herbs Mm -hmm. herbalism and like I do feel like there is this uh point that a lot of people are at where they have no idea that there are other options so the only thing they know like and a lot of us grew up like that Mm -hmm. like our our parents raised us like this where they didn't know there were other options for anything else outside of the medical systems they didn't know that you could bring that you didn't have to bring your children to a pediatrician or they didn't know that like you could utilize other forms of staying healthy and preventing illness or that you could treat illness at home or that you know you could have a friend come be with you at your birth instead of you know it's just like we're living in this lack of options Mm -hmm. as well and so I don't like I understand why women kind of attach to the system because that's all there is and I've heard lots of stories as I'm sure you have too of women that have quite like a lonely Mm -hmm. pregnancy outside the system because they're just like well who do I have if I don't go see someone every month like to kind of validate that I'm going through this change and I think that's another big part of like our role too as RBKs or just women that can see birth in this Mm -hmm. way it can step in and give alternatives that are much better for (laughs) the situation at hand and so it's not like okay, you're choosing not to go the medical route. You have to raise your children in isolation. You have to birth in isolation. You have no options. It's like, no, there's like a whole other world. And I discovered this too when I stopped going to the gynecologist. I was Mm -hmm. like, it's not like I can never have any womb or like vagina, vaginal support. (laughs) I'm like, I literally have four friends I would call on that like know this shit that – I would literally like send them pictures if I had to, yeah. you know, or mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you just have to fill in the gaps once you choose to like make that break yeah. similar with birth control. Like who do I know in my life that could teach me how to track my cycle? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I feel like that's a big part of it, of detaching from the system. Medical system doesn't mean that you have to like be alone yeah. and casted. You can just find other women and other alternatives and other alternatives that are a match to the way our human bodies like even operate right right Right. like it's not like there's much competition like one (laughs) way is like great and one way is literally causing so much harm exactly so so it's it's your choice, <laughs> you know. It's like your choice and what you choose for yourself to experience and what you believe that you want for yourself, you know. Yeah. And like taking a stand for that. And my stand is for revolutionizing how women freaking give birth and form their families and operate in like friendship and sisterhood and community with themselves and the people around them even even like the way that 
out of the system births even impact men and the closeness in witnessing their woman completely transform themselves in that moment is freaking revolutionary like this does not only impact women and their children this impacts men and boys like birth is so freaking central birth and death are so freaking central to the human experience because it's like you know as like a as a timeline whatever it's what we all unanimously experience when we come to (laughs) know you know I think there are people that like get the depth of that Mm -hmm. like us obviously and then a lot of other people that are involved in this work and spiritual work and then there are just some people that aren't meant to take up that fight I guess Mm -hmm. I can't relate literally at all because similar to you I was like in fourth grade being like what is the cause that I'm going to die for? Literally. Just a young age being so like... (laughs) I love this for both of us. (laughs) Just so like passionate about like literally nothing. Um, (laughs) But also everything. (laughs) And yeah, it is... I I think that's like such a great point that it does have to start, you know, to make these choices. Mm -hmm. It seems like the woman has to have an idea of how important this process is and how like high the stakes are or you know maybe it's not even conscious decision it's just like duh yeah birth is birth matters Mm -hmm. and like what's about to happen to me is very important and special for me and my family but I think that's also something that needs to be brought back into our consciousness of the the fact that this rite of passage is so transformative in the way that we are born matters and a lot of people just they think about or they at least in my experiences where I've been like you know hearing people's birth stories and just being like oh my gosh that makes me so sad for you as a baby you know hearing what you went through and they're just like oh like well I don't remember it and it's like we don't realize but we're coming back to it you know Mm -hmm. with all this like trauma and somatic and body literacy that we're regaining but we don't even realize that that shit mattered or that what happened to us had an impact on how we experience life and attachment and again that was kind of like what got me into this work witnessing these six-year-old children having like such intense behavioral issues that I could see stemmed from attachment and just being like, what happened to you? <laughs> like, yeah. n- a lot of them didn't have straight up, like, trauma stories that you could point to. Mm-hmm. But you could just see, like, there's this thread that they're not attached to, like, their, yeah, their, like, secure mm-hmm. parental figure in some way. And my mind just went straight to birth in, like, those early years. Yeah. The, the the kids aren't attached and also the mothers are left feeling detached from their own yeah. babies post medical birth as well like when we allow for all of the hormones that activate birth to occur and fully connect with that experience of feeling 
our child move through our bodies and into our hands like that viscerally hormonally creates this like click like a key unlocking mm-hmm. a freaking door in both the baby and the mom of like and the father even too of like mm-hmm. complete just like connection and like knowing like this is my mom this is my baby we are we are like a a dyad like we are mm-hmm. in connection with each other and we require each other to survive literally yeah literally yeah. and i don't think a lot of people even not even people but well i'll say people cuz in general people <laughs> you need to be politically correct no i'm kidding <laughs> screaming <laughs> not a lot of people even realize that women need their babies too i know to hormonally regulate to n- regulate on a nervous system like wise and even physically and like emotionally and like spiritually require that connection between themselves and their babies. <laughs> yeah. Postpartum. Yeah. And like going back to the um like these like mommy influencers that I like to watch on Instagram or just kind of noticing the culture at large yeah. and you know you and I both don't have kids yet so this is also an interesting standpoint that we can look at kind of from this objective Mm -hmm. space where we're seeing where we're having so many experiences with so many women and witnessing so much without having our own experiences yet um and so a lot of this uh a lot of the talk about like motherhood being like very hard and like isolating and depressing I feel like from my experience when I lived with mothers that on paper should have had horrible postpartum experiences Mm -hmm. like they're literally homeless single no family support if they're living in a homeless shelter you can kind of like assume that most of them had zero income like no savings Mm -hmm. most of them had to go back to work at like six weeks or less had to you know just every like um like addiction issues, you know, everything. And yet, because they were supported in community and because there was like this mother-centered home that they were living in that supported this like communion between not only like all the mothers together, but Mm. the support and the baby, like a lot of them thrived postpartum. And then I contrast it to this like mommy influencer culture, which is kind of like, oh my gosh, sleep training is so hard. Bottle feeding is so hard. Um, Like sleep deprivation is so hard. And what I've just been noticing is like, wow, all of these, again, not a mother, like I'm sure that I know I'll go through my own initiation, but what I've just been noticing objectively is like all of these hard things that a lot of women really struggle with comes from this like disconnected parenting like make your baby sleep apart from you make your baby eat from a bottle make your baby be on a schedule like all of this like disjointed non-physiological 
care for babies. And it's just so interesting to see how we've like created this struggle from like that doesn't there 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 are other struggles but it doesn't need to come from trying to make your newborn baby sleep on their own like that's just not how it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and I think that it's not a coincidence that these mothers that were watching birth outside the system choose to have sovereign pregnancies sovereign births they don't do that shit because they're like why the fuck would I do that to my baby like or myself (laughs) literally yeah oh yeah totally yes because they're like yeah I've just never I I can't think of a woman that I know personally that did have that really sovereign pregnancy and birth experience where they didn't outsource to other authorities that then went on to do that kind of detached stuff with their baby because they just did what felt right and good to them Mm -hmm. and that was that attached yeah parenting stuff yeah so yeah and I've totally noticed the same with the woman that I'm with uh postpartum as well like there's this natural and going back to like the hormones that click like (laughs) there's this natural you know inclination to want to do that and bringing it back to like the ancestral ways of birthing that that is the the norm (laughs) like that is literally the human like the physiological human-based norm of birth (laughs) and yeah I don't think a lot of people recognize that even (laughs) yeah and even like going back to doulas I did the same thing where as a doula I was primed to like go in and like take the baby so mom can get a break and even that it's like now I would never even offer like can I hold your baby no that is so vital like everything you're saying for the mother Mm -hmm. to have her baby obviously so if she's needing a break what can you do to like keep that bubble for that bubble of health Mm -hmm. and vitality for the mom instead of like this disjointed we're just trying to again do the best that we can Mm -hmm. although you and I have like saw another path outside of that I don't think doulas have any of this at the forefront of their mind like I'm gonna go mess up this mother baby dyad no No. but yeah yeah, but inevitably that's just kind of what we're being taught like go yeah like offer to offer to take the baby and like wear the baby like I was wearing like a three-day-old year old baby literally day old baby I should not have been doing that literally same (laughs) that baby should not have been on me literally same literally same yeah (laughs) so what can you contrast like your first birth outside the system or like what was that like oh my gosh oh my gosh this is an interesting story even too because my first birth that I witnessed outside of the system the woman who I was connected with, we connected through the organ. Like, let me tell you how I was literally, I told myself in my head, I'm not working for this organization anymore. And I still haven't hadn't told them that like, hey, yeah, I'm leaving. And then all of a sudden, as I'm at work doing my nanny stuff, I get a message from one of the leaders. They're like, oh, yeah, like this woman saw your profile um, with your little blurb and whatever. Because I mentioned like, you know, ancestral herbalist, like indigenous from the Caribbean, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, like she really feels called to like having you as 
her her doula blah 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 um are you interested in she's having a home birth are you interested in like going to that so so i was like i take like that stuff really really seriously like if someone literally seeks me out and is like i absolutely like want you i like take that very seriously so i was like Mm -hmm. you know what okay i'm gonna try this on okay this will be my last birth inside the system it's a home birth okay like whatever so I'm having my initial call with this woman and she's basically describing a very common experience that happens with women birthing outside of the system. And mind you, a lot of people think that, oh, only women who are super rich. Like this was a low income melanated woman, like Caribbean, Jamaican woman like me, <laughs> you know, and she's describing to me her experience with a midwife. She's like, yeah, like I'm not really like she didn't say this verbatim, but I'm I'm gonna wrap it up, you know. <laughs> like, I'm not really vibing with the midwives. Like they're telling me I have to do X Y Z things, and like it's not what I want to do. So I'm I'm really like seeking out support to like navigate this. And I was like, you know what? We're gonna have a deeper. Com- I'm gonna come to your house, and we're gonna have a deeper conversation about this. Mm. And I basically just admitted to her what I was doing. Like I'm like this was in my brain gonna be my last in the system birth but based on what you're describing you're describing that you want an out of the system birth it's about to be an out of system birth (laughs) it's about to be my first out of system birth (laughs) literally that's awesome literally I was like saying to her like that's an option and that's literally what I'm doing right now are you willing and down to take that on and she's like Mm. yeah that's literally what I want and I didn't even know that was an option. Wow. So I was like, okay, dope. I guess this is what the fuck we're doing. So That's amazing. I definitely haven't admitted this to the people in the organization. If they hear this, I'm admitting it now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I basically like worked with her as an RBK. Like I was telling her my yeah. 100% authentic experience and opinion about stuff she was telling me all these things that would have been like quote-unquote emergencies that the midwives were bringing up with her like about tests and whatever and I was basically like clearing that with her like yeah you don't need to do like the diabetes test you don't need to have that meeting with the with a midwife you can literally just say hey yeah I don't like we're not having the meeting like I'm not I'm not coming (laughs) and a lot long story short like she did end up I don't even think she ended up doing her last few visits with her midwife, actually. And she, like, called me up. It was was so interesting because I already planned, like, a birthday weekend for myself in July. So I was literally, like, two hours out of town in, like, this – because I was, like, in a cabin (laughs) with, like, literally, like, they don't have lights on the street at night. Like, this is the fucking boonies of Canada okay oh my god and she calls me up at like 4 a.m like hey yeah like I think I'm in labor I'm like girl there are literally no lights outside for me to prepare to come I will I will leave at 6 a.m and I will drive two hours to you and like come to your bed so that's what I did like I waited for the sun to come up and I made a little bouquet for her out of like the wildflowers and like garden flowers that were growing in like the cabin. Aww. Yeah, at, a, at the cabin I was staying at and put it in a little mason jar for her that I brought for like drinking water out of and stuff like that. 
and like had that in my little um not glove compartment but like the little cup holder thingy of my car and I like drove mm. I drove like I, I drove to my house first because I wanted to take a shower because <laughs> I was in the fucking zone were you like like did your friend were you with people no I was on my own I was like doing a solo oh, okay so it was like a solo birthday okay good. Solo birthday. I was like picturing all these people waking up and you're like gone <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious but that wasn't good um yeah so I after that I drove to her place and I was with this woman for just like chilling with her in her house as she was like going through labor her um she has like an older an older niece or whatever who was there too and she was like completely on board with this woman's plan as well and so it was like her family was there I was there she was there we were just chilling as she was moving through contractions she was like talking with us I ran out to get her some like freaking some fish soup from the Jamaican restaurant and came back to like give it to her like while she was with her her family member like it was so freaking chill and it just got Mm -hmm. me present to like okay like this is literally what birth is it's it's an everyday regular non-medical occurrence yeah and even when and like even when it was getting into the thick of it, like into the thick of it, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> when she was like really feeling it and in the zone, like I like left her to be with herself, like in her space, in her bathtub and like literally taking a nap. And then she like called on me when she needed me instead of me interjecting myself into her space. <laughs> right. As like doulas are pretty much trained to do to like just yeah. be up on the mom constantly 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 be with the mom be with the mom blah 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 blah, when that is not how all women want to be while they're giving birth so she called on me when she needed me and I just remember her um pushing out her her baby in the tub and I didn't like I was doing like um counter pressure on her on her um tailbone because like that's what she asked me to do for her and I wasn't even like, I didn't even notice the baby came out into the tub, literally, until she was like, she's in the tub, she's in the tub, grab her, grab her, pass her to me, because she was in a position where like, she couldn't really like, like get to her mm-hmm. baby. So I was like, oh, shit. So like, I, I just handed her, oh her baby, literally, <laughs> I, literally like, I handed her her baby, like through her legs for her to have. And just like hearing her daughter cry and just witnessing that moment of connection between wow. her and her baby and like meeting each other for the first time eye to eye was just mm-hmm. life changing <laughs> life changing and just seeing how she connected with her baby even postpartum in just like not even having this I don't know what to do attitude and just trusting her instincts that yes I do know what to do yeah and just following through with that with her breastfeeding with her lotus birth stuff that she wanted to have for herself and just full like she knows the feeling of a full yes in her body and she's acting on the feeling of that full yes in her body mm-hmm. through the actions in her life and with her motherhood. And mm-hmm. that the stark difference in experience between out of the system in that and like in the system 
in I don't know what to do, tell me what to do, when you literally know what to do. Your body knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the hugest part that I can see women, you know, hearing this story being like, well, I could never do what that woman does. Like, I'd be too scared or like, I don't know what to do. What would I do with the cord? How would I push? Mm -hmm. It's like that, what you just said is the whole thing that like, you don't have to know because your body will do it and you just need to trust your body. And that's like way easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I know that, but you know, for all the women that might be listening that are like, oh, that takes a very brave, very educated, very birth knowledgeable type of woman to give birth by herself. It's like, no, mm -hmm. that woman just, you can speak to it more than me, but like from what I hear, she listened to those, that intuition in her body that was like, don't like what these midwives are saying. I resonate with like your profile on that site and like I'm gonna do it a different way and like that confidence and that internal trust in herself um some women love to learn as much as they can about birth but that's definitely not I don't think it depending on who you are I don't it doesn't make that much of a difference yeah, it's like not a requirement <laughs> like right it's not, a requirement. not required it's absolutely yeah. not required and yeah just like standing. That's a really cool initiation. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that or yeah, saying that to me. <laughs> yeah. And on your birthday. No, no, right? no. It was not my birthday. It was oh. so interesting how it happened, but it was not my birthday. It was um on the eleventh of July. Um Okay. Yeah. Little cancer baby girl. So Aww. and it felt really healing for me too with my own birth my own birth story of how I was born and just seeing that reflected outward. And, mm -hmm. and what's like a possibility for myself as a maiden mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and like confirming that possibility that I saw through the RBK school and listening to the FBS podcast and like seeing that as real oh, yeah. was just like yeah why would I ever do it any other way like that's how it occurred for right. me <laughs> changing our norm mm -hmm. like that's how I feel too of having the stories that I hear about birth and the pictures that I see about birth be these totally physiological intact powerful sovereign births mm -hmm. and why like that is available to anyone to change what you intake and to change the stories that you hear and to say no to these birth trauma and you know violent medicalized stories mm -hmm. you can literally just choose the, a different way and and like it's as easy as refreshing your Instagram feed, like who you follow. Yeah. Are you following medicalized accounts? Or are you following out of the system birth accounts? And who are the women that you're interacting with on a daily basis? And you can widen that circle to like expand your norm mm -hmm. of what's possible. I'm so glad that I'm doing that before I have kids too, because it's totally just given me, yeah, it's like, why why would I do that and having experiences of seeing both mm -hmm. too like you and I have I think that's something else that comes up a lot when I'm talking about like out of the system birth is women that have only experienced in system 
birth or medicalized birth are like, oh, but I'm really attached to my baby and like I had a great experience and like I had a great time and I have no regrets. And it's like, love that for you. Love that for you too. And also like there still is a difference. And if you haven't experienced both or seen both Mm. or heard about both, like you might not know that there is a difference. And thank God that you loved your experience and had a great time. And you can't deny like they're totally different experiences. Totally different experiences for sure. And yeah, I think like I feel really good about like ending it off there. Like, do you feel complete too? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Dope. 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 Thank you so <laughs> fucking much, Emily, for having this conversation with me. Like this was like <laughs> so energizing. <Same. laughs> and I'm so excited to like even go through this episode and like <laughs> listen back <laughs> yeah Aww. thank you so much mm-hmm. thank you for having me thanks for sharing everything if you loved what you heard today please let me know by giving the podcast some love in the reviews liking commenting and sharing with someone you love as well as always, too, you can connect with me on Instagram at Key of Life Birthkeeper and with any of my guests with their information and details located in the description. Until next time, Ashe.